This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. The military's use of social security numbers and other forms of personal identifiable information places service members at a high risk of identity theft. That's the thrust of a just-released paper, The Military Cultural Disregard for Personal Information, written by four senior Army officers and West Point faculty members. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com, and I'm pleased to welcome back one of the authors of the paper, Lieutenant Colonel Gregory Conti. Listeners may remember Colonel Conti from a podcast posted last year when we discussed another paper he co-wrote, that one addressed the creation of a fourth military branch on par with the Army, Navy, and Air Force to defend the nation's cyber assets. Welcome back, Greg. Glad to be back, Eric. Thank you for the opportunity again. What's the genesis of the paper on the military's excessive use of personal identifiable information? My specialty area is information security, computer security. So I'm I'm tuned in probably more than your average person into how our personally identifiable information, uh, things like social security numbers, dates of birth, how that's used. I've made a, a discipline of study to look at how that's being used and treated and controlled both in inside the military and in academia, industry, the nonprofit sectors and the like, how they use it. And what I found is inside the military, we use it for everything. Outside the military, 10 years ago or more, 15 years ago, people became aware that this is dangerous. Kind of like smoking causes cancer. And people found out, hey, smoking causes cancer. Maybe we should stop smoking. In the United States military, we haven't found out the fact that our, protecting our PII is something we should protect. I don't say that lightly. I say that at the highest level, it is recognized that senior leaders, privacy officials are aware and have written policies to protect personal information. Now, those are just policies. The problem is the system, I believe, is inherently flawed by the use of the social security number as a unique identifier. It permeates in every facet of our lives in the, in the military, in, in our family members, contractors, civilians who work with the government, and that's what the article was designed to highlight that issue. You've had some personal experiences that help draw your attention to this. Tell us about that. Every service member, every family member has also had a slew of personal experiences on the subject, particularly once you become aware. After the article came out, I've been receiving email from all over the world, from service members and reservists and active duty retired, all of whom providing stories of their own. So, and, and they're all universally in support, like, yes, this is an issue, but it's the culture you're fighting against the, the larger culture. So I'll throw some examples at you of things that I've just, I or a close friend have personally encountered in the last 12 months. I needed to give up my social security number to get a post parking sticker. In a unit year analysis, the bottles are just laid out and the sign-in sheets are laid out with everyone's social security number. I traveled internationally on government orders and had to provide copies of those orders along with my social security number and a copy of my military ID card, my CAC card, front and back to the individuals as part of the border crossing. I received an unofficial form, uh, just a homegrown form requesting my social security number and ages of my children from a housing office. I needed my social security number and date of birth to receive a flu shot. I've given my CAC card or my military ID as proof of age and to receive discounts at places like movie theaters. One thing that struck me, and uh, there's a photo of this in the report, the last four numbers of the Social Security card are on laundry bags. Why do they need to identify it that way? 
we need a unique identifier in the military. We need to be able to track things and track forms and, and all of our processes, even from laundry to leave to taxes, need some way of tying something uniquely back to an individual. Currently, the system we use is the Social Security number. And we converted from that in the late 1960s and early 1970s from a service number system. So now the Social Security number is on every piece of paperwork, every laundry bag in, in the service. And, or, I'm sorry, that's a bit of an overstatement. Not every laundry bag. But using the official laundry services, and that photo was from Iraq. And it, the process is also used in Afghanistan. As to the the last four, we use it as a, a unique identifier where we use it to log on. Some websites require it as kind of a password, uh, along with maybe our last name to prove who we are. We used it in the sign-in shoots to go into the gymnasium or view a movie or something like that in a post-recreation facility. We use it as a secret to log on the sites online, but at the same time, we use it as this weak version of our social that we use as kind of our name. The report, I believe, said that it's possible to still identify people with just the four numbers? The report included... Uh, reference to research coming out of Carnegie Mellon University, where they showed with just simply knowing where someone was born, often available in, say, a college yearbook or a high school yearbook, the Social Security number is not a random number. We're not protected by, like, our password where we choose a random sequence of characters. It's actually very, very predictable. And it can be predicted if you know someone's date of birth, and roughly where they were born. Both of those pieces of information are readily available online for most people to public records. Researchers showed that with very high accuracy, they can guess the first five digits of one social security number. And because of that, within one or two guesses, because it's a very standardized system, when you were born and where you were born. The, the real secret, the real randomness to it, if you would call it that, which it's really not, is the last four digits. And the last four digits are what we're putting on our laundry bags. So it's, it's very trivial to put together a Social Security number using those techniques. Scary. It's very scary, yes. That Hence the article. I mean, this is an important issue. We wanted to get it out there and get some debate going. By raising awareness, people will become more sensitized to it. This isn't a one person, one small group of people can't make the change needed to occur, but by many of us being where we can all, all start moving in the correct direction. Military personnel or their families at any greater risk than, than the greater population to identity theft because of the, the way the military uses Social Security numbers and birth dates? Recording disaster in how we use it. We use the Social Security number in every aspect, both mundane and sensitive, we use the Social Security number as an identifier and as a password. Children 10 years old and up have a military ID card with their sponsor's Social Security number on it. It's in every facet of our lives. It's in our recycling bins. We shout it out in formation. We thumbtack it to bulletin boards. It's everywhere. Recording disaster in how we use it. What should be done to fix this problem? Well, I think that there's a variety of, of solutions, technical, policy, and, and cultural solutions. At the highest level, they've written policy that, that is in accordance with the law, and the policy states we should protect this information. At the same time, the law allows essentially a, a loophole that allows the military to use the Social Security number. So at the highest levels, we're in accord with the law and policy, but the system is inherently flawed because we're using the Social Security number in every aspect of our lives. We can't protect the Social Security number 
because we have to disclose it for every aspect of our military lives. It's a necessity. What we really need to look at seriously is the use of a service number system that allows us a less sensitive number that we use for day-to-day activities. I can envision a future where a military unit does not have a database of anyone's social security number, that the social security number is centralized like an army data center or a military data center, and they have the access to a mapping of one's social to their service number. So we can protect the the social security number, use it when necessary. But getting a flu shot, is there any reason I should have to disclose my social security number or getting my laundry done? Cultural change that prevents unnecessary disclosure, people have a way to, to identify when it's appropriate and when it's not is another potential solution. I have to caution against a knee-jerk solution because I've been in the military, if you include my cadet time, about 25 years. And I know sometimes military units will respond with and and fix, quote-unquote, one aspect of the problem. In the article, included a picture of laundry bags with the Social Security number. What I want to avoid is just a knee-jerk response that we go to that poor laundry facility and go there and say, you've made a major mistake, and then issue everybody new laundry bags without Social Security numbers written on the bottom. That's just a band-aid on on a much larger problem. So I want to avoid just a knee-jerk response, because this is really a long-term path that we need to head down to fix the problem. Are you confident the military will act properly? I believe the military has a lot on its plate right now. They're fighting in a wartime footing, so many people are working very hard. We've studied this problem because we believe it's important. We've tried to draw attention to it, both inside and outside the military, because we believe that's what it'll take to solve it. We're heading in the direction we need to go. I would hope our paper and the ideas suggested it can help accelerate that process. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. I've been speaking with Army Lieutenant Colonel Gregory Conti about the military's use of personally identifiable information. I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.